on this week's show. The champagne is on hold for Chatham Town. Manager Kev Hake speaks after their 1-1 draw at Punjab United. You can see the lads today, it wasn't for the want of trying, but sometimes football goes for you, sometimes it doesn't. High hopes for the future for Punjab themselves though. Manager Chippy Shan talks to us after that draw with the chats. The next season, let's go for it, why not? No Chatham, no Sheppy. Why can't we, why can't Punjab go on another little miracle? I'm ready for a cup final. Hollands and Blair defender Luke Exel gives us his thoughts ahead of the Kent Senior Trophy final with Sheppey United. It's a massive game for me and all the boys. Uh, obviously, we're all buzzing for it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, all three of our interviews this week come from the Southern Counties East League, so you could say this is a bit of a skeffal special, but there's plenty going on elsewhere for us to cover as the season hurtles towards its climax. Uh, I'm John Fitch, had a varied and busy sporting week. And on the line now is a man who, and I've changed this last minute, is going to go and get some false teeth fitted tomorrow. Is that right, Matt Gerard? How are you? Yeah, yeah, my teeth aren't good. I've got to go to the dentist to see the specialist, but yeah. I'm not too bad. I'm off work this week, so uh, the weather hasn't been good and about sort of thing. So, um, yeah, not, not too bad at all. But a bit of a cold. We've all got a bit of colds, but not the dreaded uh, COVID. So we're all OK. Thanks, mate. Did you uh, did you like the dentist? I mean, no one likes the dentist. Did, did, did you hate the dentist? I, I, I hate it when I have to hand over my credit card. Oh, I've, yeah. I've never had any fillings, but um, there is. He's always seemed to get it cost me a fortune because I've got to go and see this guy tomorrow to to avoid my teeth falling out in later years. So I think my, t- I always used to think my teeth were quite good, but clearly not when I go to the dentist. So that is not the highlight of the week being off. So um, no, I don't mind it. It's just pain in the ass, really. But if, if that's all that's ever going to be wrong with me is my teeth. I can probably live with that. Yeah, I, th- I think I was a naughty boy because I didn't go to the dentist between the ages of about 10 and about 30. Um, and I, I, but I've gone... I've gone regularly since then. I've been a good boy. I, like you, I've never had any fillings touch wood. Um, but what I've decided now is every time I go and have my checkup, they tell me, oh, you need to go and see the hygienist. And then every yeah. time I go and see the hygienist, I have a checkup anyway. So I've stopped going for my checkup. So I just said, oh, yeah, I can't make it. And I'm booked one. So I just go to the hygienist every six months because I'm going to go through it anyway. Um, and I, it's one of those things when when the hygienist is, do, is, is, is doing the, the thing, I, I both like it and hate it at the same time because it is bloody horrible. But it you, you get get the reward at the end, don't you? I, I have to go every three months to the dentist because yeah. of the issues I've got. So I don't think my teeth, I didn't have thought my teeth were that bad. But clearly, um, um, a bit of gum disease and things like that. So the concern is that I lose my teeth or whatever. But it, it's it's it's, it's going to cost me. I, I won't tell you how much it's costing me on there, but I'll tell you after this pod how much this appointment is costing you, me tomorrow and your, um, your beard would fall out with a shock or turn grey. <laughs> Well, it's already well on the way to doing that, so uh, don't you worry about that. But uh, well, apart yeah. from that, we're, we're all good. So it's, it's nice to be off work, and of course, next week it's only a four-day week. Um, you know, the weather was lovely on Sunday. We were sitting outside, the warm, but it hasn't really been good this week. And I don't think it's basically that good um, the rest of the week. So uh, um, thing from there. But one thing we are doing, John, because mm. because we've got kids and they've got no no equation for the value of money. You know? <laughs> The day earlier, we've given that everybody has got £2.50 to spend each. So we've got a tenner between the four of us, not that we work together. And that's how we survive tomorrow eating stuff. So whatever you buy is what you eat. So you can't go to the cupboard and have a biscuit. Wow. Two fifty to see how we do it. I went over on the £2.50, but so to see how it works. And I'll report back next week after, after we've got all our stuff. 
how it goes. But um, the kids brought sweets, so I think we're about three o'clock tomorrow. They'll be really hungry, and when we say you can't have a biscuit, it'll be from there. It's just trying to get them the value of money because, of course, they've got no idea <laughs> with things going up in price. So, all right, if you could survive on that, see how they go. So, um, yeah, that's the, that's the excitement of uh, half term. There's your two pound fifty. Can you survive on the food you've got, which is breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Um, and wow. they can do it. Oh, so, you, you played well there because obviously you might not want to eat tomorrow if you if your teeth are all over yeah, the place yeah, anyway. So you'll be fine. Yeah. So, um, but I've got a lot of noodly dishes I've got because they seem to be very cheap. So, um, but we'll report back next week how we get on because um, we did say that the cost of everything is spiraling through the roof. Yes, it certainly is. And uh, if you are concerned about the well-being of Matt Gerrard's children, uh, do feel feel free to get in touch with the NSPCC. Uh, Anyway, it's our 210th episode this week, and there's not a lot doing the rounds for that. It was, however, the number of runs Australia scored in their decisive ODI against Pakistan at the weekend. It wasn't enough for them to win the series. Uh, And it's a shame that their women scored significantly more on Sunday to see off England in the World Cup final. But on that subject, uh, funnily enough, the domestic cricket season starts tomorrow. Now, looking at the weather out there today, I really do struggle to understand why our test players find it so hard when these are the sort of conditions they play red ball cricket in at home. Snow stopped playing, Kent's friendly last week. Snow stopped play. I did think, back in the day when I used to buy the Playfair Cricket Annual and knew who, who was the wicketkeeper, the coach, opening batsman for all 17 counties, as it was, I'm sure they didn't start this early back then, did they? It must have been getting May. When the, when the, was, cha- the old old fashioned county championship played. Yeah, it just seems, it just seems um, bizarre because it's going to be absolutely freezing there. I take it these will be bowler friendly conditions. Just a right? bit. The teams will be lucky. Teams will be bowled out for less than 100 probably all over the place. Um, yep. uh, yeah, it does, it does seem a little bit strange. And that they play for about a month and they have a month off because it's all the other stuff so uh, exactly it's, it's ridiculous because they play the championship they've shoehorned the championship into to the start and the end of the season and then focus all, all the middle of it in on the one day st- on the one day stuff and it just doesn't seem to make any sense and we wonder why our test team struggles it's because it's our batsmen that are the problem and they don't get the chance to bat in good batting conditions they have to try and grind out runs against you know I'm a Kent supporter. We're a Kent Lonnie podcast. Darren Stevens is an absolute legend. However, Darren Stevens shouldn't still be taking the, the number of wickets that he is. But but it's because he gets bowler friendly conditions all over the place, and uh, it doesn't really it doesn't really help anybody, I don't think. And and, and it's a shame. Um, and it is ridiculous that the cricket season starts on the seventh of April. It should be starting on the seventh of May, and then focus it a bit more on playing all formats of cricket during the school holidays rather than just. Uh, the shorter stuff. I, I mean, we're bold, both old enough to remember, Matt, when the, the one-day game was in the middle of the championship game. So you'd play three days of the championship game, then you'd play a, a 40 or 50 over game on the Sunday, and then you'd finish the championship game the next day. Gone. Oh, I, used to, I, I used to love that, because we used to go over to Canterbury, me and my dad, go and watch a, you know, a John Player trophy game. I, I used to love it as well, because you used to have on a Sunday, Sunday's grandstand, and you didn't know who it was, and you'd turn on the telly, oh, it's Kent away at Derbyshire. And you could just watch the cricket all afternoon. So, yeah, I do. I do love my cricket, but it's, when you look at it, the cricket, whoever runs cricket, needs shooting. I'm sure because, well, the needs are really good thinking about how this works. Because I think somebody said to me, because again, in the summer holidays, we used to go over to Folkestone or whatever it was where Kent were playing, and you'd watch the four day or the three day as it was then. But apparently, there's no three day or there's no county championship in the whole of August. No. 
So it's just it's just absolute madness. And I know there's a lot of people who would get rid of the county championship, wouldn't they? But that's in this score with some of the even Jonathan Agnew said about it. You should sort it all out. But yeah, real strange. But it does seem bizarre playing tomorrow. And I'm sure when I still will go to page 340 tomorrow evening <laughs> to look at the scores without knowing any of the two players anymore, apart from the ones who play for England, there'll be somebody skittled out for about 85. And you think, oh, well, that was pointless then, isn't it? Yes, there's certainly well, on with the show then, the football show. Let's talk about football. Uh, although we do have lots of scaffolds to chat about, the big news this week has come in the Eastman League South East, where playoff chasing Rams have a new manager. Uh, Matt Longhurst submitted his reg- resignation last week, and after a 4 1 defeat at top five rivals Cray Valley PM, and you really should seek out the goals from that one, uh, that resignation was accepted. And then on Monday, the Rams named his replacement, and it's an experienced one as well in the shape of Steve Lovell. Steve, whose last managerial gig was a short caretaker spell at the only club in Kent we don't cover back in January, is initially until the end of the season. But Matt takes over a team who've lost their last four matches, so he's going to need to hit the ground running, especially as his first game is against Haywards Heath, the team directly above them in the table. Yeah, we, we had a bit of inkling, or you had a bit of an inkling that Matt Longhurst, um, there was a bit of, was there falling out? Probably was. He offered his resignation. It seemed to be that they worked together, then they lost a big game against Cray, it, it, it shows that they're still fifth in the table. So we're still in the final playoff place and they've lost four games on the spin here. They'd have picked up 10 points out of that. They'd be second in the league. So I don't know what's gone on with Longhurst. I know they've brought on a lot of players, haven't they, Ramsgate? I think. Um, what the people I know locally, um, he does sort of tinker with the squad a bit, brings people in who've got, had a good bringing up, bringing in the game then realised, bigs them up, then realised they weren't up to this standard and got rid of them. So, yeah, it is a surprise one. Probably even more surprised, Steve Lovell's got in. Um, Steve, you know, friend of the show. Um, has he had the most managerial job since we've been doing this pod, John? That's the first question. Um, the clubs he's had. Um, good appointment. Hopefully a new pair of eyes on it um, from there. But if you'd have told, if I'd have, he didn't come to mind when I thought who would get the job. I thought Jamie Coyle, is he's already there, could do it. Lloyd Blackman, maybe, um, as well. But he's got in there, four games to do it. Probably, you know, it's, 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 he needs to build some confidence into that squad because clearly it's gone, but they're still in a good position. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it, it did make me laugh with, with the statement because it did say, as many know, uh, Matt Longhurst's significant resignation last week. Well, I had from at least two different sources... I was told that Matt Longhurst had, had handed his resignation or was going to hand in his resignation. So, um, you know, it obviously was it, there obviously was something. And it's a shame because obviously we spoke to Matt a couple of times on the show and he was more than just a first team manager. He did lots of other bits and pieces and they mentioned that as well. So it is very much a you know complete change for them to, to not have him at the club at all. But obviously something was wrong because that squad is better than their than their recent results. And. I guess if you're the chairman, you're looking at it and thinking, well, we've invested and they keep going out and buying play- and, and signing players and, you know, offering them amounts, decent amounts of money. And were they getting the results on the pitch for it? They probably weren't. Um, and Matt Longhurst, a really nice bloke, um, you know, and, and he was doing a really, really good job at Ramsgate. But I guess it's one of those situations where you've got to look at it and think, long term, was that the the way they were going to go? And, and, you know, we know all about Ramsgate's ambitions. We know that they, they've got high hopes. And I guess if you're looking at it, you're in, in danger of falling out of the playoff places, then it makes sense to make that change. And as you say, Steve Lovell has been around. It didn't work out particularly well at him for, for Welling. Uh, it, 
obviously his last caretaker stint wasn't wasn't the best either. Um, but he's an experienced manager, and, and I'm pretty sure he'll be able to go in and get that squad, several of whom are young, and motivate them. And I think right now, with an appointment to the end of the season, that's what Ramsgate need. They need someone to come in because that squad is a good squad. There are good players in that squad, and they just need someone to come in and give them a bit of a lift to to get them first of all into the playoffs, and then have a really good go at the playoffs. Yeah, again, I don't know what the the model we seem to give from Ramsgate was good community club. Longhurst, Matt Longhurst did all the coaching into the youth academy and bringing that all together. Is it a change, a remit that at the end of the day, the most important thing is the first team going through um, and doing well, maybe not necessarily the youth because the structure has probably been cut off from the top, isn't it, really, from that? Because he did absolutely everything, I'm led to believe, Matt Longhurst, through the coaching from that. So Ramsgate's business model um, clearly is get as many kids there while offering games um it's the same maybe a change of plan and sometimes it looked at it that they were doing great stuff off the field but maybe the most important thing for them now is what they do on the field and maybe they're desperate to play margate in a, in a game next season but it, it's just sort of um surprise because i was led to believe he run ran the club from top to bottom and now that would physically change wouldn't it it absolutely will. And, and that is why it was obviously a, a, a big decision. And by the sounds of it, Ramsgate really did mull over whether to accept the resignation of Matt Longhurst as well. So, you know, that they left it for a while. And, and then I suppose the final straw was that defeat on Saturday. And as, as I said earlier on, you've got to see the goals. I mean, the third goal is like something you've never seen before. Um, I've had a few conversations with people about it. Um, watch it yourself and make up your, your own mind. But to me, it looks like the defender has, has, has dallied and the goalkeeper was trying to give him an angle for the back pass away from the goal, which is one of the basics that you're taught. And then he gets caught in possession and the goalkeeper's left stranded and, and from from their own kickoff as well. And and, and I, I don't know, when I saw that goal, when I was told about that goal, I looked at it and I thought something's not right there. Yeah, I don't know if it's the, the, the goalkeeper's left footed in this equation as well because you, or trying to get a different angle, but it... Well, I didn't watch it. When I watched it through, I had to watch it back and again to see what was going on. Um, really strange goal. Um, Cray Valley, you know, could probably couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Two nil up, then three nil up, 30 seconds later. Um, a real shock to the system. But Rams get in. Steve Lovell, he'll go in. Clearly, not, something was not right. Four consecutive defeats at this time in the season for Ramsgate. Steve Lovell will go in there, work with the players and go from there. He certainly Comes will. Off. He's a genius, isn't he, really? the chairman, if it doesn't and they're playing this league next season, so be it, I suppose. You look at it that way. Yeah, I suppose in that, in that aspect, it's a it's a no-lose situation because I, I guess with the run of form they were on, if they'd stayed as they were, they wouldn't have been able to, uh, to, to they wouldn't have gone up. So why not try and make a change? And, and you know, Steve Lovell comes in, in in a really good position to get them towards the top of the table. Yeah, I, I'm led to be Margaret Ramsgate player, decent amount of wages as well. So, one part of that this season, maybe they have to go up next season or this season to do it. But at the start of the season, me personally, I didn't think Ramsgate would be at the right end of the table. So um, for me, they're probably overachieving anyway. Yeah, so let's skip down to the bottom of the table now. And I said last week we could be having a very different conversation about Whitswell Town if they could pick up two wins this week. And Andrew Drury's side did just that. They beat Whitehawk 3-0 on Saturday, Chichester 1-0 on Tuesday night. It's brought them right up to the pack map. There's now seven points between the bottom seven teams after a weekend full of interesting results in the foot of the table. And looking at the fixtures to come, this could go any way. Yeah, you know, 
they had two home wins all season, which the ball, and they've done that in the space of three days. He's gone in there, Scott Doe, you know, previously at Hive, I think he was going down somewhere in Devon, I read somewhere, at some point, come in, scored the goal, two clean sheets. You know, looking at it, they had to win those two home games and they've done it. The new manager bounce has worked, gives them a chance. You feel a little bit sorry for Phoenix Sports, who had a great week, result at the weekend as well. Um, from that, but it gives Whitstable a, a real chance. And I also have to say, look at it as well, it shows how well Seven Oaks have gone to get out of this as well, because they were in all sorts of problems, weren't they? Their managerial change has worked. And maybe chairman have seen, yeah, if you change a manager, you get that bounce at this level and it's working. So, but fair play to Andrew, Andy Drury, four games to go. I didn't give him a prayer this time last week, John, but those two wins has given them a real chance now. Yes, and Whitehawk uh, also in the mix there. They've changed their manager this week. Yeah, they've got the Foreman Hayward Teeth bosses come in. Uh, so, yeah, just to clarify, so Whitswell have got thir- 29 points. All these teams play 34 games. Phoenix Sports, 30. East Grinstead, 33. Lansing, 33. High, 35. Whitehawk, 35. And Seven Oaks, 36. Uh, from a goal difference perspective, uh, East Grinstead are the worst. High are the next worst. Uh, then Whitstable, Phoenix and old oh, Lansing have got minus 28. So Lansing have got worse goal difference than Whitstable. And it genuinely, I think, could come down to that. And, and as I just said, looking at some of the fixtures that we've got to come, um, I know for a fact that uh, Whitstable have still got to play. Phoenix Sports have got to play Lansing uh, next Saturday. So that's a big game. Um, and on the last day of the season, the 23rd of April, Whitstable Town at home to Lansing. Hythe Town against East Grinstead Town. Now, those two games could be absolutely massive. Or, if things go the other way, they could be absolutely nothing. But right now, they look like they could be pivotal, pivotal games for all of those teams. Yeah, you look at it high with respect to James Rogers. He probably said he, he thought he needed 39 points. Probably one more win if Whitstable lose. You can't finish bottom, isn't it? But I'm sure James Rogers was watching the scores come in last night and probably cursing Scott Doe. I know he rated him, really enjoyed playing with him when he was manager of Hyde, scoring the winner for Whitstable. But fair play to Whitstable. They've given themselves a chance. And that goal difference could all be crucial. Only minus 27, East Grinstead minus 33. A couple more wins, John, you get your goal difference down. That could be worth a point as well. Think about that as the season goes on. Absolutely. Well, let's run through all of the weekend's results then. Uh, Herne Bay held to a 0-0 draw at Burgess Hill. Corinthian 3-0 winners at Chichester. We've all discussed Cray Valley's 4-1 win over Ramsgate. It was Hythe 1, Lansing 1, Seven Oaks beat Faversham 3-1. Sittingbourne played out a goalless draw with East Grinstead. Phoenix Sports won 3-2 at Three Bridges. As we've already said, Wits will beat Whitehawk 3-0. Well, Ashford's 3-1 win at VCD Athletic means the title race is still technically still alive, with Hastings held in front of more than 3,000 fans on Saturday. But for the nuts and bolts to pit Hastings, Tommy Warlow's men would need to win all four of their games. Hastings would need to lose theirs and 14 goals have to be made up as well. So it's probably a case of, of when, not if, I suppose, for, for Hastings. But Ashford done everything they could at the weekend. Yeah, I think they're, they're, what, they're eight points clear. Sort of win, win this weekend might secure their playoff spot. Um, do they rest a few players going forward from that? We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Hastings, great crowd of 3,000. Tommy Royalo, if you wanted somebody in your... In your um, and your dugout who knows about playoffs, Tommy Warrillow's the man. But Cray Valley, big result for them against Ramsgate, brings them back into it. Really, what we want is Herne Bay against Ramsgate. Are they playing for one position now, John, looking at it? Or Haywood Heath to four points clear of that? So, very, very tight as well. I think so. I think Herne Bay, have Herne Bay got to play Whitstable, don't you think, somewhere? No, I don't think so, no. I, know, somebody's got, I think it might be Favisham Whitstable. I know where they're playing. Yeah. The Easter games, yeah. So, 
really, Hayward's Heath, we want you out of that somehow. Lose a few games. Rams got in home Bay, get them, and then we can have it all four Kent sides in the playoffs, which would be really fantastic. Yeah, a couple of massive games at the bottom this weekend as well. Phoenix Sports travel to face East Grinstead. Uh, Phoenix win that, they'll be out of the bottom too. Oh, uh, massive. Uh, and it's also Hyde at Whitehawk, so that's a big game. Elsewhere, Sittingbourne are at Burgess Hill, Corinthian at home to Whitstall, uh, Faversham take on Hastings, it's Herne Bay against Chichester, Ashford go to Lansing, probably for the first time, I think, since that pointless playoff game, uh, that if Ashford had won, they wouldn't have got promoted. Uh, we've, as we've already said, Ramsgate host Hayward Teeth, that's a massive game for the playoffs, and Sevenoaks host Cray Valley PM, and VCD take on three bridges. Uh, if one of our teams are to be relegated from that division, we know that Sheppey United will replace them in the Isthmian League, and it was a big day in the title race for the Scaffold on Saturday, as the Ites grabbed the initiative, courtesy of their 7-1 win over Deal, and Chatham slipping up at Punjab United. Had the Chats won, they would have joined the Ites in securing promotion, but as it is, their weight goes on, and if Sheppey win all their remaining games, they will win the league. Uh, I was at the game at the Steve Cook Stadium on Saturday, and afterwards I spoke to a disappointed Chats chairman slash manager, Kevin Hake. Yes, look, it's football, isn't it? That's all it is. You know, you pepper the goal, particularly second half, and sometimes it goes for you, sometimes it doesn't. And I suppose you've come off and seen the other results, and it's kind of made it even worse for you. You're almost there in, in terms of finishing the top two, but I suppose now the title rest isn't in your own hands. Uh, no, it's not, but look, there's four games to go, you know, and um, we'll see how we get on. We'll certainly give it our best shot. You know, you can see the lads today, it wasn't for the want of trying, but look, sometimes football goes for you, sometimes it doesn't. That's, that's football. Obviously, it's been, a, it's, it's been a really good season. You, you've scored 101 goals now in the league this season. It, it, it must be frustrating for you now because you're almost there, but you just it, it, not. It is, but I mean, look, it's look. Both us and Sheppey have had a great season, but look, Sheppey have done well and they, they've got it, you know, there um, just before us promotion. But when you talk about the record points, it's 93 points, and you know we're sitting. Uh, what's that? I mean, Sheppey are sitting there on on that, you know, and they look like they're going to go and break the record, and, and we um, will as well. And it's it's a great achievement all round for for. Sheppy at the moment and, and hopefully we'll do enough to get up and we're still challenging for the title you know as I said to Ernie last week I said he could get 102 points and not win the league you could get 100 now and not win the league and, and that shows how well both of you have done 100% 100% look both clubs are progressive clubs you know they've got built on solid foundations you know they're very sustainable and look I'm sure we'll be challenging each other for many 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 years to come you know so it's that, that, that's what that's what football's all about but look the goal is you know promotion you want to win the titles as well so we'll still be going for it I suppose you can look at positive it'll be nice to, to secure the promotion at home next week you can see if the belt will do yeah no it would be but I mean look it'd be nice to do it today we had a great turnout from the fans they're unbelievable as always um, and yeah look we'll just, um, we'll just keep plugging away doing our thing you know and we'll get there when do you start looking and thinking about next season? As soon as it's done, do you start looking at next season? Or is it, or is it now just still focused on this and, and, and everything's going well, on No, now? we're focused on the job in there. But, you know, I'd be lying to say if we haven't, like, you know, thinking about next season and, you know, looking at players and seeing what we're going to do. You know, that, I mean, as I said to the lads, I've said to the lads, you know, at the start of the season, this will be a one-off opportunity for, for us, you know, because it won't be the same next year. It never is. No two teams are the same um, or squads are the same from one year to the next. Are you still going to be in charge next season or are you looking to bring someone in or is that still something to be decided? Uh, it's still to be decided, to be honest with you. But we'll start, you know, I'll go and um, sit in the Speedos on a beach somewhere and then I'll make a decision, you know, <laughs> after April the 23rd, that is. Uh, looking back at today's game, I mean, obviously, first half, they, they gave a really good account themselves. I've seen a lot of teams this level, this season, where they are in the league, they look better than that, I thought. No, they are. They've got a lot of spirit. But, I mean, look, I'm sure Sheppier concur that 
when teams play against you, they, they, they raise their game. They, I've never seen someone celebrate a draw as much. But look, that's life, you know. We're, we understand that we're, you know, we're big fish, as are Sheppy, as are Glebe, um, as are Deal. You know, they're all big, big, um, well-established clubs with big backing behind them. And teams are going to try and, and nick points off you. That's what, it's, that's what they're there to do, you know. So good luck to them. And that, I suppose that has been a challenging thing for you, and, it, it, and you've got to be proud of the way that your team have just kept on going. Hundred percent. Look, I'm proud of every single one of them lads. I mean, look, they're, they're, they're a little bit down, but look, what's the, look, it's happened. You know, we've drawn a game. Look, it's still 22 games unbeaten. You know, which is an unbelievable record. You know, so you know, hopefully, we remain unbeaten to the rest of the season, and then let's see where we are. Well, I said disappointed, Matt. Uh, massively frustrated is probably closer to the mark with that one. Uh, still a matter of when, not if, for Chatham. So they've got to dust themselves down and try to get over the line this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I presume they'd be more disappointed. They saw the che- uh, the Sheppey score when they won um, from that. Got 101 goals in the season. Um, from what you sort of think, should, ra- should uh, Chatham have won that game pretty easily? They'd have the plenty of chances, but Punjab um, dug in pretty well. Yeah, Punjab played really, really well. First half, they they soaked up the pressure and, and looked to get on the break, um, and and they scored their goal and and you know they they had some really good moments. Second half, it was just backs to the wall. It was just wave after wave after wave of Chatham attacks, and uh, Jack Evans missed one at the far post. Uh, Dan Bradshaw missed an absolute sitter that you would never expect Dan Bradshaw to miss. Uh, they hit the crossbar through Geordie Robbins, and the goalkeeper Max Ovenden made a number of saves. One of them. Uh, to his left to deny Bradshaw was absolutely superb. And, you know, on any other day, I think Chatham win that game comfortably, but it just didn't fall for them. Uh, that they, they missed their chances, which they haven't done all season. And it was just one of those days. And, and uh, you can tell from from Kevin there, he was, he was really, really, really disappointed. And so were his players uh, after having it there in their hands and not making it. They, they were so disappointed. Was Danny Kebwell, was he still involved? Was he playing? Danny Kebbell came off the bench uh, with about 20 minutes to go, uh, just gave them a different option up front. And, you know, they've got got so much quality in that squad. I mean, on the bench, they had Andy Pugh, Matt Bodkin and Danny Kedwell. Um, you know, and, and then you look at what they've got in the team and, and it was just so... I don't know what to say. They played really, really well. I, th- I thought they played... Arguably, they played better than than when I saw them beat Sheppey back in January, but it just didn't work for them on the day. Uh, but you've got to give credit to Punjab United. I thought they they played really, really well. We'll discuss them more in a moment. But they made it hard for Chatham, and you know that th- they make it a hard place to go. So, you know, fair play to them. But just disappointing for Chatham. There were plenty of Chatham supporters there hoping to see their team uh, over the line. But as I said to Kevin, there, I suppose the one saving grace from it is. They get to possibly do it at home on Saturday, and 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 that will be a, a big celebration for them if they can do it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt they're going to get promoted. Um, and whatever, I'm sure either party says the most. You know, they want to win the league. They want that, give that little maybe little advantage for next season when they battle each other in the scaffold. That we won the league against the other team. It gives you a little bit of advantage going into it. So they'll be disappointed with that. Um, Sheppey sort of marching on um, but two draws in their last five games haven't lost them but could count against Chatham but most important things they will be promoted and I'm sure they'll try and do it in front of a big crowd on uh, on uh, the weekend for 101 goals only conceded 18 as well goal difference of 83 there can't be many more better goal difference in the country than that surely 
I wouldn't imagine so. Uh, of course, you can't go to Punjab as I did on Saturday and not have a chat with Chippy. Uh, they would go on to lose on Tuesday night, so a little bit of this has become outdated. But here is the Punjab United manager, Chippy Shan, after Saturday's game. I thought we were excellent. First off, we had a game plan in mind. I watched them last night again at home, and I thought, right, this is the game plan I'm going with. And um, yeah, it, it, it worked brilliant first off. I thought we should have been a couple goals up first off. Um, second off, yeah, it is what it is. We've got to battle it out, and we the boys are growing for the last ten weeks. We've been we've been brilliant. You know, it's been the Punjab I should have had at the beginning of the season. Maybe we would have been be where we are, but no, we want to go unbeaten. I put the challenge to the boys: go unbeaten to the end of the season, and this is the biggest test, really. And the thing was, I mean, the second half, obviously, they, they were on top. They kept coming, they kept coming, and he repelled them so well. And obviously, the one goal was a little bit scrappy, but yeah. he kind of had the feeling when they got one, they might go and get more, but but they yeah. didn't. No, I thought we, I think we learned from them last time. Remember, I think we got we were tuning up at their ground, and you know they got one, and the whole crowd lifted them, and they got in there. But we spoke we spoke about that today. We said we we can see one, we don't panic, we refocus, and we go again. And uh, yeah, listen, I think that that one chance I think it just come off Vinesy. I think at the end I don't know what it was, but it was scrappy like you said. But other than that, I don't. I think we were excellent. Uh, and your goal was was really really impressed by the wing play to set it up. It was superb. Yeah, last ten weeks that's all we've been doing, going back to basics. Just get the ball in the box early. We have got Paul Vines up front. Come on, give him the ball. You know he'll score. But we've been lapsing that you know before Christmas. We didn't do that quite well. But yeah, last like I said, since I think since Cobra we, we've been a totally different team. You mentioned Paul Vines there. How important is it for, for you as a club to have someone of his stature up front? Yeah, listen, he, he, this guy's been unreal. You know, he's coming to the club. I got him from VCD with uh, Jason. Said, look, I've got Vines. He needs to get fit. Do you want him? I said, yes. And he's come in and he's taking this club like to... Uh, he's got the unity in the change room. Everyone loves him here. He's given me a lot of help as well. You know, he's a good person to have a bounce off with. And he's become a friend. You know, the last 10 weeks he's become not a player. He's like a friend. So, you know, it's... So what we do at the club, we build we build a family unit and we try to keep everyone happy. And I think he's thriving at the moment. Absolutely loves it. You're you're on a great run of form. It's, it's well, you've you've moved well away from the from the danger. Uh, I guess now you just want to keep that going. You said you want to stay unbeaten. Yeah, we'll stay unbeaten to the end of the season. The, the thing was, I give him a go. Go and catch home, uh, Holmesdale. I think they're eleven for ten. I was like, go and catch him. You know, and if we can do that, oh, we, we'll finish on a proper high end and we'll regroup and we we'll go again next season. What, what's been the the, the secret to, to the last few weeks? Um, I think just trying to keep them constantly, like, good training, get, get them focused on what we needed. And I think going away from home at Crowborough, winning 3-0, we gave them all the lift. That We were excellent that day. We should have been 5 or 6. I don't think anyone's done that to Crowborough this season, apart from us. You know, we could have dominated. We dominate the whole game start to finish. And I think they just give them a lift that they can play. They can do the right things at the right time. And I think the squad together, the last 10 weeks, we, we had the same squad. I've had no one come in and out and all this stuff. And... Getting the injuries back was great, and that was it. And bringing Jack Barry in at the right time, he's been unreal. Uh, and obviously, you're still new at this level, really, with all the COVID cancellations and everything. So it's all just small steps, isn't it? But, but you know that if you can keep this squad together, finish unbeaten, then you'll have a real good grounding for next season. Yeah, look, I, I, I've stabilised the last couple of years. I've always said, got to keep this team up. We've been doing the ground off the pitch. As you can see, you know, we've got a great training complex next door, 11 aside. I've done that, put the floodlights in. Base is done. And next season, uh, I spoke to my brother. I said, "Let's do it. Let's go for it. Why not? No Chatham, no Sheppy. Why can't we? Why can't Punjab go on another little miracle?" That's the thing. Is that next season, without those big two, this league is going to be wide open. And as, as brilliant as they've both been, it's going to be a fantastic league next season. It's going to be very competitive. I think there's so many teams who can just go and do so well. And I think it's all about the start. So you know, I'm gonna. I've already identified who I want and what we're going to go and get. And first week in May I'll be getting those in straight away and we're going to regroup and we're going to go again and we're going to go we're going to hit it hard and 
God willing, if you get off to a good start, as you know, we can go. You can do anything. And you know, oh, don't get me wrong, we're going to miss these two because I'll get on both chairman. He probably won't talk to me after this anyway, but Kev. But you know, I get on with Matt. I get on with Kev, and I'm really proud of them not to go up and represent next one. I think they're going to be great. I think they do really well. And we will miss their crowds because the crowds bring in good, you know, revenue for every club in this division. We will miss that, but listen, it's, it's there, it's there, open in it for everyone. And it's funny, this community project you've got here is still going strong, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's going there. Look, you see the old Punjab Ultras today smashing the drum about. And yeah, look, we're getting there now. You know, from the club kids are now up to 300. I, I, sometimes I pinch myself and I think, bloody, what have we done here, you know? And we've got local community. And it's, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Some interesting thoughts from him there, Matt, as always. We know that Chatham and Sheppey will be a loss to the league. But I think come August, every almost... Blah, but I think come August, almost every single club is going to have dreams of being near the top of the table and, and Chippy's boys could well be among them. Yeah, I think that's what the most important thing to come out of that conversation. It was the buzz in his voice saying, right, next season. He said he spoke to his brother, he spoke to people, right, we're going to go for it. Can they make a little bit of history? You look at it, one of the sides, can they attract the players? Maybe they're going to. Next season will be such an open division. If you get Whitstable down, probably they would be the favourites to 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 get promoted. But it's going to be an open league. And for me, John, when we spoke to him before, he, he sounded like he got the hunger back from that from there. Do you think? When you spoke to him, because before we spoke to him, the results haven't gone all the way, and I think he could he sort of queried some of the own decisions he made over time, hadn't he, um, at the club? But to me, he sounded like he had the buzz back for that. Yeah, I think so. Actually, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's been. Well, they, I think they were promoted in the first season we were doing this. And obviously, there's been all the COVID season. I think that's obviously taken a strain on everybody. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think he's 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 said there, didn't he? You know, we, we've had to try and just focus on staying up first and foremost. But I think next season, he, he can see that if he can keep the nucleus of that team together, then there's no reason why they can't have their sights set on being higher up the league. And obviously, Paul Vines, we mentioned there. Great presence for them up front. And I was really, really impressed with uh, Chandler Kasai on the, on the left wing. He made the goal with some brilliant play in the first half. He, he was brought down in the penalty area. They thought it could have been a penalty. And, and there were a couple of times in the second half where he had half a chance, half a sniff. But his decision-making just let him down. And, and I guess that's why he's playing in the scaffold. But if he can have that, that confidence, get that decision-making right, he will be an absolute asset for them next season if he's still around because I thought he was excellent on the day. And, and I think, you know, they, they've got the nucleus there. I thought the goalkeeper was superb. I thought a couple of the defenders looked look the part as well. And, and you know, that, that's what you want to see. You want to go to places and see them against these teams. And it's a bit like Ernie Batten said last week, you know, teams have raised their game against Sheppey. They have raised their games against Chatham. And, and that's been an added pressure for them, I suppose. And it's nice to see these teams actually playing that way. And I guess the challenge for Chippy now is to go into next season and, and say to him, you've got to play like that every week. Well, I think that I think that will be, the you know, you can lift your game against Chatham, but why didn't you lift it against Rustle or something like that um, from there? So he's got to make sure everybody's on it for next season. He's put a bit of pressure on himself there, hasn't he? But in that interview, um, saying that we're going to go for it, we want to be, we want to be, try and create a little bit of history. But I like that. I like the... Um, a cut of that. I liked his hunger from there. And next season, the thing is, Joe John, he's got me excited about the scuffle next season already. Really, when you're going to look at it and who's bringing who in, who's going to be at the top of the table. Because if something, no disrespect to Punjab, in 15th place in the league, they think they can be a, 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 a side who can affect the league next season and could be a real threat. There'll be other teams who would lower than them and around them who can do it. So a 
real open league. So I'm looking forward to it next season already in that division. Absolutely. Uh, let's run through the rest of the results in the Scaffold Premier Division, uh, where Canterbury City came from two down to draw 2-2 with Crowborough. Irith and Belvedere beat Beerstead 2-1. Fisher and Hollands and Blair shared six goals. Uh, Glebe beat Lords with 3-0. Kennington 1-0 winners over Irith Town. Rustall won a five-goal thriller at K-Sports. Homestead won 1-0 at Wellingtown and Tunbridge Wells 3-0 win over Tower Hamlets confirmed the Hamlets relegation. Uh, Wellingtown beat Rustall 3-0 on Monday before on Tuesday. Tunbridge Wells lost 3-1 at home to Fisher and Hollands and Blair beat Punjab 2-1. And that brings us on perfectly to our next interview because it's the final of the Kent Senior Trophy on Sunday. When at the Gallagher Stadium, Sheppey United will bid to retain the trophy they won two months ago when they take on Hollands and Blair. It's been a pretty solid season for the Gillingham Bay side, comfortably mid-table, even despite a mid-season change of manager. It's also been a big season for teenage defender Luke Exel. Earlier this week, I caught up with him ahead of the cup final. Yeah, of course. Obviously, um, I'm only 19, so it's, uh, it's it's a massive game for me and all the boys. Um, obviously, we're all buzzing for it. We've got uh, we've got Punjab tomorrow night, so uh, hopefully we can go into the game on uh, on Sunday with a win tomorrow and yeah, prepare in the right way. For a young lad like yourself, a chance to play at the Gallagher Stadium against against a team who have been promoted, it's, it's a great opportunity, isn't it, on Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hopefully there'll be uh, a fair few there. Um, we can give a good account of ourselves and obviously the uh, the boys are all well up for it as well. Um, I think it's just one of those things where playing against a big club like Sheppey, obviously knowing that they've uh, they've got the promotion already, it's... Uh, Hopefully, we can sort of beat them, them to it and maybe take one trophy off them. It, it, it's, it, you've done really well to reach the final as well because it's obviously a tough competition to get through. But uh, and a team like Hollands and Blair, no one would have necessarily said you were going to get to the final, but you've done really well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, sort of in the in the previous rounds, we played uh, Larkfield, uh, and obviously they were a good side. Um, they they beat Chatham in the round before that, which I think was obviously a, uh, a surprise to everyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you can only beat what's in front of you, and obviously we've done that to get this far. So hopefully we can do it again on Sunday. And obviously they scored seven at the weekend, Sheppy. So I guess you, you you're expecting to be in for a tough time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they, they they've got a lot of attacking power. Um, I think we we've also been quite good defensively, um, especially sort of when Scott came in. Uh, we we kept quite a lot of clean sheets, and and the boys have been priding themselves on that. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, we can we can keep that up and see what happens, and then uh, hopefully make a goal or something at the play on. I was actually looking. Your defensive record is is the fifth best in the division this season. Only the top four have conceded fewer. That, that's got to be something that you're, you and and the rest of the lads at the back are really proud of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the uh, the style we play that that sort of you, you'd hope that you keep clean sheets, uh, and obviously um, George Benner and uh, Rob Gilman, uh, they're both the sort of main centre halves. Uh, they've they've obviously been smashing it recently. Um, Gilman's got in the, the team of the week a few times, which I think the boys have bantered him a little bit about. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're a tight knit group, and especially like I said, since uh, since Scott's come in, he's brought in a few new faces, and obviously we've all sort of joined uh, together now, and hopefully. That will uh, stand us in good stead. What, what's Scott Porter like as a manager? Yeah, he's brilliant. I mean, um, he's he's got his, he's set in his ways, uh, and you know he wants everyone to work hard for him. Obviously, the boys all sort of mucking together, and uh, we we do our bit. And we've got a good uh, good coaching team around him as well, with um, Laney, uh, Darren, and Bob as well, uh, and obviously Sam and Bex, and, and they all sort of uh, do their bit together. I mean, yeah, he's he's a, he's a great manager. He, uh, like I said, he he makes his players work for him, and hopefully uh, that will do the best for us this weekend. 
and I'm sure when Sunday comes around, he'll, he'll be probably reminding you that three or four years ago, uh, he was Whitswell Town Manager, and they beat Sheppey in the Kent Senior Trophy final. Yes, yeah. He, uh, I mean, they do still talk about the, the Whitswell days. There's a few of the boys that were with him at that time. Uh, it is a bit of banner in the changing room, but again, it's, it's two completely different sides, uh, and on the day, it just the best team will win. It's been a decent season for Hollands and Blairs. I mean, mid-table, you're on a good run as well at the moment. And I suppose in a competitive league, is this probably the best you could have hoped for to, to be mid-table and get to a cup final? Yeah, I mean, I think we uh, we, we started off a bit shaky. Um, the, the start of the season obviously wasn't ideal. Uh, I mean, the, the season before that, the curtail one, we, we did all right and we were up there sort of fighting for a, a sort of a top four spot. Uh, so I think it was a bit of a shock, sort of start of this season when we we didn't start off so well. Um, but yeah, since since Scott's come in, obviously we've massively picked up. Um, we're, we're on an unbeaten run at the moment, um, so we're just looking to sort of keep that going. And like you say, making it to a cup final that was always sort of in our sights when uh, when Scott come in. We we were looking to get there uh, and obviously get up the table, sort of into the top eight, which I think we're around about now. So uh, yeah, all the boys will be buzzing. Uh, for you at 19, what's it like playing in the scaffold? Because it's a tough league, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I um, I was previously at Corinthians when I was sort of as an under 18, so I was in and around that sort of first team bubble a little bit. So uh, I think it's when you actually go in as a as a first team player, so to say, uh, it is a lot different. And obviously, there's there's things on the line that maybe you haven't had as a youth player. Uh, there's a little bit more involved in the game, and there's there's more sort of tricks and stuff where. People try and catch you out. Um, just an experience thing, I think, more than anything. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying myself playing under Scott and uh, playing with the boys as well. And they've obviously massively helped me sort of in my first season, being really one of the younger ones at the club. Uh, what are your ambitions going forward? You, you, you're happy at this level, or do you want to try and get higher if you can? Uh, I mean, it's everyone's sort of dream to play as high as they can, and obviously, it just depends what happens come next season and the season after but uh, Blair has been really good I'm really happy with Blair uh, I've really enjoyed sort of the past season and, and what, what we had of the season before uh, everyone around the club's obviously great and yeah I just I think it's uh, I'm happy there at the moment but yeah like I say we'll, we'll see what happens come sort of the future And just finally what would it mean to you on Sunday to, to get your hands on that cup? Oh, it'd be massive. I mean, uh, it, you know, it's like winning a cup final, no matter what level it's at, is, is always a massive thing. And hopefully there'll be a fair few there. Uh, I think it just it just depends on the day. But obviously, we'll prepare ourselves right and um, make sure we, we turn up on the day and do the right things for, for each other. A good chat from the young man there, Matt. And his side will be the underdogs, no doubt about it. But as I said there, Scott Porter won this very final in our first season of the podcast against Sheppey United. So it's far from cut and dried, and they've got nothing to lose, have they? No, they're going to be major underdogs, I'm sure, as it goes along. And I think Luke sort of said about that. But they're going to enjoy the moment. There's no reason why. They've got a decent manager in Scott Porter who knows um, what they're doing. As you mentioned earlier, they don't concede that many goals. 46 conceded in the scaffold compared to everybody else conceded an absolute bucket load. It's quite good. Rob Gilman, was that Rob Gilman playing for them? He was captain of Dover. When they played Huddersfield in the um, wow in the FA Cup years ago, I quite like Rob Gilman. He, he must be getting on a bit now because he must have been about thirty then, so well, maybe twenty eight. So he must be coming to the end of his career. Cliff defender, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, isn't it? I'm sure Sheppey, in a bizarre situation, really got the cup. They probably say, right, we'll bring it along. Don't take the ribbons off. We're going to win it again. But they'll go there. 
nothing to lose. The big underdogs and shocks happen in football. If, if Sheppey have a day off, Hollands and Blair, from what Luke said there, unbeaten in their last five, can make them make the most of it and uh, cause an upset. 37, Rob Gilman. Um, but yeah. interesting, I, I, when I looked up that, that stat about their defence, I was like, well, that's that's really impressive because to not concede a lot of goals in this division is, is no mean feat. And obviously, they haven't scored bucket loads, but by the sounds of it, they, they are organised. They try and, first and foremost, they're not going to concede. A bit, a bit like the Gerrard uh, way yeah. of playing football. You know, their, their first, I suppose the attitude is, if you're not going to concede goals, you're not going to lose games of football. And, and that's the most important thing. And Scott Porter experienced manager at this level, came in mid-season replacing Simon House here. And from the sounds of, of what Luke was saying there, he's, he's, he's given everybody a bit of a boost. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think from what Luke said as well, that, you know, he's learning the game, learning from the players. Youngster, 19, good level to play at. There's some tough players coming up against it. But going there, Scott Porter did a decent job at Hive, didn't he, a few years ago as well. So he knows his level, knows the players. And see what he'll go in there and see if he can um, cause a bit of a shock. But yeah, it'd be tough. You think Sheppy, when we've spoken to them, I think they want to win as many trophies as they can. Um, promotions in the bag. They'll probably put a lot of effort in this game against the Kent Senior Trophy. But um, I think, yeah, I think you've got to be organised against Sheppy because if they score one, it might be difficult for them to come back and back into the game. So if they go ahead and uh, do pr- get Scott. Paulus' tactics be strong against it. You never know what could happen. Yeah, I think that is the key thing, isn't it? That they can't afford to let Sheppey run away with the game. And obviously, Sheppey come into it where well, they've got a, 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 the second leg of their Challenge Cup semi-final this evening, Wednesday. Um, but they come into it on the back of a, a phenomenal result to beat Deal 7-1. Deal don't concede that many goals. And, and, and I certainly know uh, of a couple of people that I had said that score to uh, who weren't aware that were, that were very, very surprised but by how they did. But that's what Sheffield United have got. So you, you just kind of hope for Hollands and Blair that, they, that they're in the game for, for, for a long time. And if, and if they're still in the game at 75 minutes, then absolutely anything can happen. And I think that's the, that's the key thing you've got to do when you're underdogs in a cup final, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to start badly and it could be, you know, a tough afternoon for them. But stay in the game. When you get your chances, you can take it. Frustrate the um, opposition as well. So it's a cup final. I'm sure there'll be a decent crowd at the Gallagher Stadium as well. So fingers crossed for it. Hopefully it'll be a decent game. Yes, I will be there. So I will report back uh, next week. And I'm sure we'll hear from both clubs uh, as well on the show. So let's see how that pans out. Uh, In the Combined Counties League, uh, Premier Division South Beckenham earned a 2-2 draw from their trip to Jersey on Tuesday night it wasn't enough to keep them from losing top spot but they do still have two games in hand over leaders Walton and Hersham who are two points in front the Becks have beaten Banstead 2-1 on Saturday uh, they've got a tough run in to come for the Becks they've got an away games this week at 7th place Hawley on Saturday 6th place Redhill on Wednesday but they are still very very well placed with five games to play Eight points will be enough for them to secure, be securing the top two, which should be enough for promotion. Twelve points will win them the title. And, and I think, Matt, they'd have taken that at the start of the season. If someone said to you, you've got five games left, if you win four of them, you'll win the title. I think anyone would take that, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think uh, I think they, they probably would. It's important they didn't hang on last night uh, in that game there, but I'm sure uh, um, they'll be pleased with that. They didn't lose four out of five. I think they've more than... Um, capable of doing that and to get them promoted and find out what happens next season and what league they go into hopefully a decent one 
Yes, we shall find that out in the course of time. But good luck to Beckenham uh, over the weekend. Stansfeld's lead at the top of Scaffold Vision 1 is now nine points after they, well, specifically Dan Parkinson, maintained their winning run with a pair of 1-0 victories on the road this week. Firstly, at Chessington Hook on Saturday and then Lewisham Borough on Tuesday night. Uh, Sutton Athletic June 0-0 with Dartfield and New Hyde on Saturday. And all of this means that Stansfield could win the title this week. They hosted Town on Saturday and then Larkfield and New Hyde on Tuesday. And should Sutton slip up against either Westside on Saturday or Lewisham Bar on Monday night, both away from home, then Stansfield's promotion would be confirmed as long as they win those two games. Uh, there are only two games in which both sides scored in that division on Saturday. Brighton Ropes won 5-0 at Croydon. Lewisham Borough 3-0 victors over SC Thamesmead. Brilliant VP and Lidtown played out a 0-0 draw. FC Amstead won 2-1 at Rochester. Snodland beat Kent Football United 1-0. And Tooting Bet came from behind to beat Gr- Greenways 2-1. Uh, there were three games that division on Wednesday night in that grey area between me speaking these words and these words being released into the world and a full programme at the weekend as the race for the top five hots up. Uh, check out scaffold.com for all of those games. Stansfeld, Matt, nearly there. Uh, and also the, the playoff, it looks like it's going to be four from five to get into the playoffs. You'd probably say Sutton are there, uh, but outside of the top six, I don't think anyone's going to break into it at this stage. Um, you're asking a lot, really, um, Croydon. Those sort of games, yeah. Stansfield, they're gonna they're gonna win the title from there. Four got five games to go. Some of these sides, you're looking at my mate Lidtown, conceded a lot of goals, haven't they? Eighty-two. Nil draw the weekend though. Yeah, his goals are dried up for my mate Bradley. So interesting what happens with him next season. Yeah, um, you'd have thought that the top five, Tooting Beck might get in, but their form's not particularly good. Those players nailed on for the uh, playoffs, and we'll go from there and see. Who will we join in Stansfield in the uh, Scaffold Premier Division next season? Absolutely. Hey, crikey, we've got this far in before we've even mentioned the W word. Uh, yes, Bromley are back at Wembley after coming from behind <laughs> to secure a 3-1 win over York City on Saturday in their FA Trophy semi-final. Uh, they will now face Wrexham, who scored a couple of goals again in stoppage time in their win over Stockport in the final at Wembley Stadium on Sunday, May the 22nd. It's a brilliant achievement for Andy Woodman and his side, Matt. Yeah, I think... You know, we were there that day that lost out and the 20 odd thousand fans they had that day. You probably thought that would be it. They wouldn't be back to Wembley or so quick. Twice there in four seasons. Would you, I was thinking that with the results in the league, would they swap that to be guaranteed a playoff place? Because you look at their rule, they've won in the league for a while now. Fantastic achievement, Wembley. Maybe the hardcore Bromley supporters who've been there and they've been in the Eastman South East Division or the equivalent of from there, they'll enjoy their day at Wembley. But maybe the, the newer supporters may be a little bit disappointed they're not doing too well and better in the league. But great job that Andy Woodman's done. It'd be tough against Wrexham, but a lovely day out. But they get the playoffs, it'd be an even better season. But that's looking a little bit dicey at the moment, isn't it? Well, it is. They were unable to build on their momentum on Tuesday night as their playoff push took another hit. Uh, a 1-0 loss to Kingsley in town. They haven't won in the league since January the 29th. Uh, they're now eight points outside the playoff spots with 10 games left to play, though. We try and stay positive about this. But surely, Matt, now is the time to end this bad run of form before that gap becomes insurmountable. And they've got David to play, mate, to the end of the season. Oh, that's three points. Exactly, yeah. So, well, you look at the league table at that point, you thought, oh, they haven't won very well, but they were still in it. But now other teams are winning it and they've got games in hand. But as you said... They are eight points outside the playoff zone, which is a long way to go. Get back into it. And you look at some of the sides in there, the bigger boys, even Bourne Wood, who were nailed on a few weeks ago, have dropped out of that as well. So Shame. they need to find that form and fast, um, really. 
Yeah, is it? I don't know what's gone on. I don't really understand because they've had great results in the cup, haven't they? But just the league hasn't really worked out for them. And probably since he was linked with the Gillingham job, the league form's gone a bit down a hill. But from a Bromley point of view, what they're doing off the field, you know, another trip to Wembley, what they can do. Maybe thinking next season could be it. Once you, once you could get rid of the two big hitters next season, couldn't you? Stockport and Wrexham may be gone. And a bit like the, um, the, the scaffold next season, the National League could be really wide open as well. And then Bromley, with the backing they've got, what they're doing off the field, maybe next season could be the chance for them. Yeah, I wonder if friend of the show, Dave Roberts, is looking down thinking, Wembley again, that'll do, we'll take that. So, uh, uh, I'm thinking, you know, like Mash we speak to, you know, the hardcore who've been there for years and years will be absolutely loving this. You know, the, the people who turn up, you know, will be disappointed with the league. But fantastic, you know, great club. You know, you invest in the infrastructure of a club and look at Bromley where they are with the support they're getting. You know, a, a real round of applause for everything, everybody who works in that club and where they are. It shows how far they've come. We're disappointed they might miss out in the playoffs. Yes, Dover led at half-time for the first time this season in their game with Kingsley on Saturday, but they weren't winning at full-time for the 34th time this season as they were held to a 1-1 draw. Uh, but Matt, you're on minus three now, only one result away from where everyone else started. Can you get to Neil Bois? Uh Could do. They've got um, Weymouth to play at the end of the season. That could be it. Made that on Saturday. A couple of the youngsters are impressing again. Uh, Baptiste had a good game in midfield another youngster and a couple of other young guys up top so yeah it's um yeah it's end the season now but the hard work starts now for next season but it would be nice to go on zero wouldn't it let's <laughs> get to zero points one point so um with king's limb my mate all the shot all the shot must be quaking a little bit to be honest king's limb were there for the beating but david couldn't defend well enough and they conceded a goal so um to be honest looking at that Two terrible, two poor teams at Crabble on Saturday. So I'll be surprised if Kingsland get out of it unless all the shot really are on the slide. Both teams are home on Saturday. Bromley against Dagenham and Redbridge. And as Matt has just said, Dover take on Maidenhead United. Maidstone United still four points clear at the top of National League South after a 4 0 win over Haven and Waterlooville. Uh, while their title overs Dorking were 5 0 winners over Sloughtown. Jack Barham scored his third hat trick of the season in that win on Saturday for the Stones. Then player of the month from March before that as well. What a purple patch he's in, Matt. And he's finally again showing that potential that everybody knows he's got. Yeah, when I saw him for. Bromley brought, did Bromley sign him? He'll put him yeah. on loan at Barnet from somewhere, I think. And I thought he was a good player. He was on loan somewhere. He might have been at Bar- he was at Barnet. He was somewhere. And I saw him. And I thought, oh, quite good. He's, you know, a little live wire. He was at Dartford last season. And again, a little live wire. I'm surprised they didn't keep him from there because of Steve King, kind of player he liked. But he scores gold. And to, to all the results as well, 4-0 against Haven, who I think Haven are probably one of the sides you think could sneak in the playoffs. Absolutely fantastic result for, for Maystone United. And, Really does cement it that you think, yeah, they're gonna they they, they are in a pole position now. Um, I think they don't play over Easter one of the games, so I think that's probably the Easter's going to be the key weekend for this because if, if Dorking don't win that game, Maystone are going to be thing. They Maystone go to Dartford, pivotal time coming up, but for me, really, Maystone's to throw away now. Um, I think they're just grinding out results and destroying teams like um, haven't shows a really good sign of where they are um, and I think you speak to Maystone fans the position they're in they'll be distraught if they don't win it from here because 
they're in pole position in my eyes now. Yeah, start for 11 points behind the Stones after their 1-1 draw at Oxford City. Well, Fleet dropped to fifth after they were beaten at home by Hungerford. At the bottom, Tunbridge Angels have given themselves some breathing space after beating Welling United 1-0 in the big clash at the bottom on Saturday for a 0-0 draw at Hampton Richmond on Tuesday. The good news for Welling was that Billericay also lost at the weekend. So those two are still level on points at the foot of the table with seven games to play. Uh, this weekend, Maidstone travel to Chippenham, Dartford host Hemel Hempstead, Tunbridge Angels travel to third bottom Chelmsford and there's a Kent Derby as Welling host Ebsley, it's Dorking's weekend off, uh, so Maidstone could yeah, move right. seven points clear. But as Matt's just said, by quirk of the fixtures, it's Maidstone's day off in the next game. So uh, that cushion may not last long. Welling, though, Matt, need a result, don't they? And, and they can't stop. They can't keep counting on everybody else to, to not pick up results because they, they've got to pick up some results. Their goal difference stinks. Uh, and, and I suppose an, an out of sorts Ebsley, who, whose title dreams are now over, is possibly the ideal opponent for them. And they've got a tough run, Welling, because after this game with Ebsfleet, they've got Eastbourne on Good Friday or in good form, then they've got Dorking on Easter Monday. Uh, so Welling needs to pick up some results, don't they? Because this could this could become unpleasant. Y- yes. Um, brought in some more players, didn't he? Zeki Fryers, I think, played for Welling. Um, they need to pick up results from a Tunbridge point of view. They beat Chelmsford at the weekend and they're going to be safe with a 3G pitch coming. They can look forward to next season. Massive game for Welling against Ebsleet. Ebsleet, again, a bit inconsistent. They haven't managed to keep up the pace of Maystone, Dorking and maybe Dartford in certain situations as well. They'll be looking, they're going to be in the playoffs. Does he rest players now? Dennis Catree, work it through and then try and get that get that try and get that mix right for the playoffs. But yeah, massive game. Welling. Uh, who's at home? Welling or Ebsleet? Welling. Welling, Welling have got with the other games going on, they've got to pick up some results. Do you think um, they've got Maystone to play? They've got Maystone as well, Welling, at the end of the season. I think they have, yeah. yeah. So, so it's, yeah, it's going to be an awful run. It, it, yeah, it's, it's going to hope that Billericay have got as bad as running as that. As you mentioned, the goal difference is not good. So draws aren't good enough for Welling. They've got to pick up three points and they've got some tough games coming up. So um, let's hope that the, the work done on the training ground is has got it from there but um it's not looking good for them at the moment they've, i think i think they've got to beat absolutely the weekend got to beat you know if other results go against them you know you look in with the games coming up it's going to be tough so um yeah interesting time again it's some cracking games coming up this weekend looking at these and especially over the easter period john we've got some really we'll know a lot more very shortly in all this so unfortunately with kent, kent sides playing each other we, we all can't win can we no, we can't. Uh, that just leaves us with the ESPN League Premier Division, where Folkestone beaten 3 0 at Bishop Stortford on Saturday, meaning they stay outside the playoff places on goal difference. Uh, Lewis also lost. It's one from three for that final spot. I think with Chesson two points behind both of those two with a game in hand, although they would be above them had they not lost to Hornchurch on Tuesday. Uh, Invictor did beat Ebbsfleet in the Kent Senior Cup on Tuesday night, so I hope to use that as a bit of a catalyst, I suppose. Uh, Margate, who lost at home to Potter's Bar on Saturday, also lost their uh, Kent Senior Cup quarterfinal to Dartford on Tuesday. Well, Neil Smith's Cray Wanderers. Had a disappointment of the weekend too, losing at bottom of the table, Leatherhead, and dropping into the bottom two. As a result, it's proper squeaky bum time in that division, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't know Chesson. Chesson lost the Horn Church, did they? Yeah, 2-1. Yeah, it's Folkestone. The Golden is his worst in the three. And then they've got to play Margate in one of their games for the last ones. Yeah. Um, you know a lot about Lewis. We know a lot about Lewis, don't we? Um, managerial team, the players who, linked to Kent clubs. You've seen Lewis a bit this season. 
you, you quite think they're a decent team, John? I've seen them uh, twice, and both times I thought they just they just looked good. You know, they beat Folkestone yeah. uh, comfortably three uh, 0 didn't they? When, when I saw them back in November, and they they did a number on Cray Wanderers as well. Um, you know, they're, they're just a good side. You know, they've got some really good players, and you know, I think they're a better side than the Cray Wanderers side that Tony Russell had because I think that the extra players that they've got that didn't follow him. I think they've inherited some really good players down there. So I, I, I think they're they're a good side. And, you know, if they hit their straps in the rest of the season, no one will want to play them in the playoffs. So, um, but they've got to get in there first. And, and I, I worry for Folkestone at the moment because they're, they're, they've just fallen off a cliff in, in terms of their league form. Uh, so it's, it's it's been tough for them, hasn't it? Yeah, you want to look at their fixtures. Corinthian Casuals at home on Saturday. Leatherhead away. You thought they'd win that. Then Margate and then away at Harringay. Look, you've got to, you know, folks that can win all those four games, I'm sure. Gives them, if they did, and they get in the playoffs, the momentum's with them. But the pressure's on there from that. You know, they've had a great season, folks, then. But you look at it and where we were, they, well, Christmas time, maybe second, and you think, oh, they, they could challenge for the title. But just gone a little bit. Forms lost them a bit. But I'm sure that Neil Cagley will, will have them going for this. And, and he'll say to the players, you've got four cup finals here. We win all of them. It gives us a good chance. Um, it's it's looking at every other results when you come off the pitch on thing. But you think the next two, they've got a good chance of winning. Margate, big game on, on Easter Monday again. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Saturday, as you just said, folks on home to Corinthian Casuals. Margate in ninth, travel to face 10th place, Carl Shorten, in a fixture that even the most hyperbolic supporter of either side would find hard to muster much excitement for. And then on Sunday, Cray Wanderers are at home to Hornchurch. Margate then back in action uh, on Wednesday night when they face Horsham in the Velocity Trophy final. A much maligned competition, not least in many of the 210 episodes of this show. But a trophy is a trophy, Matt, and Margate will be desperate to win it. Uh, the, the final at Averley on Wednesday night. And and I suppose it would be a nice way to, to round off the season for Margate to, to get a trophy. Yeah, I, I think Margate um, have had a good season. Um, we all know what Jay Saunders can do. He's won trophies before. And I think if he could um, get that trophy, that gives them momentum for next season as well. You know, look what, we, look what he's doing. We could attract other players, bring in the club. Yep. I think Margate fans will be absolutely delighted if they can do that. Um, you'd have thought on paper they can probably beat Horsham and a one-off game I'd always back Jay Saunders against anybody so um, I think they've got a good chance and fingers crossed they can bring the trophy home Yes, absolutely that's pretty much it then for the football chat Uh, a couple of things I want to get off my chest Uh, last week I went uh, away uh, for a night and I had the dubious pleasure of driving along the entirety of the smart motorway section that has been put in around Southampton on the M27. Uh, now, I drove through that uh, lunchtime one day and in the morning the next day. And both times, despite the motorway being very quiet, the speed limit was restricted to 60 miles an hour. There is absolutely no reason for this to be done other than to wind up drivers. And I'm glad the smart motorway rollout has been paused, not ne- not necessarily because of the of the safety issue, which obviously they're incredibly dangerous. But journey times, you know, why on earth? That's just money making as far as I'm concerned. They were hoping to catch people speeding because the road conditions were absolutely perfect for driving at normal speeds. And I don't understand why 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 I wasn't allowed to drive 70 miles an hour. Wasn't that the smart motorways by Maidstone? Has that been axed now? Wasn't it supposed uh, to be down there as well? 
I think it's there. I think it's. Uh, I think it is. But it's just nonsense. I think it's one of these things that I just think it's roadworks that these think they're constantly doing it from there. So, um, yeah, it's well, it's if you live around this part of the world, or when I went to uh, Dover, it was absolute carnage around there anyway. So, um, in fact, last week um, I had about four people text me saying you you want to leave football to get to Dover really early because it's absolute carnage in the town. So, yeah, it's. It's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? But yeah, well, again, money making from somebody, John. I'm sure that's how it works on these things. I'm surprised no one's texting you saying you need to leave early to, to miss the traffic <laughs> yeah. after Dover. Uh, the oh, other thing... Wait, we get to North Point this weekend. Yeah, party time indeed. I hope there's a good appropriate song that they're going to fire out over the uh, over the PA system when you uh, if you get to Neil Point. Last year's Eurovision song, that got Neil Parr, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure the um, the very intelligent people at Dover will be thinking about that. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the football again at the, from that. But apart from that, John, I haven't really been, apart from me being off, it's, I haven't really been doing too much. Well, you see, now I've got some, some interesting uh, nuggets. I've taken up golf. Have you? Yeah. So... A couple of weeks ago, I was just thinking, oh, you know, I'm a bit bored. What can I do? And my dad's started playing golf again since he moved down here and um, he said to me oh why don't you come up the range and and see how you get on so I went up the driving range borrowed his clubs last week had a few whacks quite enjoyed it found a set of clubs a used set of clubs on uh on it on Facebook 50 quid so I paid bought them and I've been at the range a couple more times since then with my new clubs and I've been you know I'm but I'm terrible by by no stretch of the imagination am I any good at this but it's actually quite relaxing. It's quite good fun. I, I never thought it was my sort of thing, but I've actually been quite enjoying it. It's, it's been very good. Is there plenty of courses around there where you are? Yeah, there's there's four or five in Eastbourne. And, and my dad's member at one down uh, out towards Pevensey, which is only a nine-hole course, um, but it doesn't get particularly busy. So he, he likes going around there and it's flat and everything like that. So um, when I'm a bit more confident, that's where I'm going to head and play a, a proper round of golf. And my club, my dad's jealous of my clubs, 50 quid. He couldn't believe it. He, he keeps swearing at me because I've got them. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, do, do you, um, is it expe- it's expensive to play golf, isn't it? Is it expensive if you go, I might sit to go on the, on the, on the range. Oh, so this is the thing that was always what I thought of. Oh, it's so prohibitive, so expensive, but the range, I can get f- 45 balls for four quid 75 balls for six quid um and then you can get even more than that if you want to but 75 i went up on my own yesterday and uh it's got 75 balls and just whack them half an hour three quarters an hour entertainment you know standing there trying to get into the get into the groove and getting to do it and everything like that and when my dad plays it's 10 pound if i want to go and play around he only pays 400 quid a year membership and that means he can play any time but if i i'm not gonna be able to play all the time so I can just go and, and pay a, a tenner for the round, can't I? So, um, you do know. Do you I find think, out how far you hit the ball, do you, on that? Well, you, you can see roughly. I mean, I'm not hitting it any sort of distance to be proud of. But for me at the moment, it's just about getting the technique right, getting the swing right, and you're hitting them straight. It doesn't, the, the, the power and the distance will come in time. But I was I was hitting them quite well. I get on quite, I probably get on better with the three wood and the driver at the moment. But I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I already feel like I'm better after three sessions. So, you know, this time next year, I'll probably be doing the Kent non-league golf podcast instead. I don't know. Golf, you know, a lot of people. There's a lot of courses around here. Um, just 
I haven't really got it's something my mate walk out work with he plays with it and he really enjoys it a lot of people anybody who I know who's taken up golf absolutely loves it they said it's the most infuriating game in the world but they absolutely love it it's one of those sports isn't it I think yeah. you get addicted to it so um, we look forward to that and so you'll be glued to the Masters this weekend then will you? Do, you, do you follow the golf on the telly sometimes you know what I can't abide the Ryder Cup oh well I think the thing for me about the Ryder Cup, and it's a little bit like the Masters, is like people who, your casual fans, like, you know, that all of a sudden it becomes all-consuming. It becomes everything that they want. It becomes the only thing that matters. And, and I get bored of anything where you just get blanket coverage of, of anything. And that includes, like, football and everything as well. You know, when everyone who's just a casual watcher, it's a bit like how uh, they say that... Um, New Year's Eve is like the the worst night of the year for proper boozers to go out to the pub. You know, I, I just get and and it's just everywhere. And, and so I'll, I'll watch a bit of the I'll probably watch a bit of the Masters over the weekend, take a passing interest in it. But I won't be glued to it. I've got other things. I'm going to football Saturday and Sunday, so you know that's uh that that's where my priorities lie. I might be whacking some balls around golf courses these days, but my priority still remains the the non-league game in Kent. Yes. Well, good luck. Well, you never know, mate. Once you get the hole in one, you'll be. Well, I look forward to hearing. Um, I always want to know how you get a handicap. So, over the, if you get, let me know how you get a handicap. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think my handicap at the moment is my swing's not much, Cobb. Hey. <laughs> Here all week. Uh, well, actually, I'm not because I'm just about to wrap up this week's show. Thank you for everybody for listening uh, to this week's show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Non League Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. So do give us uh, a follow. One day we might tweet something interesting. Who knows? Um, thank you to all three of our guests for their time this week. Um, good luck to both Sheffield United and Hollands and Blair in the Cup final this weekend. May the best team win. Uh, lots of massive games this weekend. And, and I hope that uh, everybody can give the best account of themselves possible as we get to this important stage of the season. And we'll be back with you next week uh, to discuss all the happenings of this weekend. They're looking ahead uh, to a massive Easter weekend on next week's Kent Only podcast. It went straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle.